Welcome to Breaking Generational Trauma, Restoring the Mother Within, Table Talk with Real Raw Mama. That's me, a safe space where women get real and raw about the reality of what it means to be a mother and a woman on this planet right now, and how to embrace our deep feminine power within. We will be exploring what it means to truly feel seen, heard, honored, loved, and valued with holistic tools to support you on your journey to embracing who you are. I am your host, Jessica Atchison, creator and host of the Real Raw Mama podcast on all your favorite platforms, a holistic wellness architect and inspirer of light, and most importantly, a mama to my two-year-old son, Atlas, who has been my most magnificent journey of self-discovery and actualization. Nothing could have ever prepared me for the journey of motherhood. No book, no class, no advice from other parents. From bliss to despair and everything in between, I have felt it all, which is why I am co-creating this space to give a voice to all mothers on this planet, our earth mother and the divine mother rising within us all. You can expect to laugh, cry, feel relieved, inspired, seen, heard, honored, and loved. Each week, you'll hear from mothers from all walks of life who will share their real raw journey from the heart and provide holistic tools of self-care that you can apply to your own journey. We're not here to point fingers, to blame, but to inspire the divine mother within us all who holds space for and receives all truths with an open heart. Because no matter our differences, we were all birthed by a mother and arose from the dust of our mother earth. This is why we came here. This is how we become whole. This is how we come together. And in this episode... I am going to get real and raw, first and foremost, with myself and why I started my first podcast, why I am here talking about breaking generational trauma, and then we're going to dive into the story of who is quickly becoming one of my favorite people, Jess Rich. She's a storyteller, an author. She has a brilliant mind. I call her my everything coach, and I think you're going to love her. But first, I want to dive into a little bit more about me and my story and what really inspired my journey of becoming a podcaster and talking about breaking generational trauma and the mother wound. So in 2020, I became a mother. I am the oldest of five children, so I I have spent a good amount of time <laughs> in my young adult or childhood years taking care of my siblings, and so I didn't have my son until I was 36, and nothing, as I mentioned, could have ever prepared me for this journey. It has been one of the most intensely beautiful journeys of my life and it has also been one of the most intense and I will even use the word tragic. There have been intense moments when I just wanted to disappear from this planet 
And I think that mothers, even in the best circumstances, have experienced these feelings. Um, I think that we don't often like to talk about them openly. And for a lot of mothers who are single mothers, which I don't know what the statistics are right now, but I know that most every woman I know is a single mother. So that says a lot. And I'm in spaces where there is money and spaces where there there isn't money and spaces where there's education and spaces where there aren't. And so everywhere I go, I see this as a trend. And the focus of this podcast isn't to talk about being a single mother necessarily, but really to talk about equality in parenting, equality in relationships, how women, how mothers want to feel seen, heard, honored, loved, and valued. And on my journey of motherhood, I I guess I didn't even realize what it really meant to be a mother. I, I didn't know that it would mean doing most everything by myself. And I know that there are circumstances for other women who don't experience that. And I am so happy that there are women who experience support in their relationships or in their parenting relationships with their children, because I think it's so important to have support from not only a partner, but from your community. I don't find that a lot of women have first and foremost, the support of a partner. And oftentimes, even when they are in a marriage or a partnership, it seems like women still carry (laughs) most of the load, the heavy lifting in a lot of ways. And I know this is a tough subject to talk about. I feel that it is because it's hard to, it's hard to get partners, men, and even women to admit this sometimes. Uh, But the more women I talk to who feel safe enough to be seen and heard, they share their stories of how hard it is to parent a child alone every day and every night. And if there's a partner home once in a while or home at the end of the day, depending on what your unique story is, I'll just go into my story. I was I was open to being in an open relationship when I met the father of my son. And I honestly don't think I really thought out what it would mean to share a man if I had a child with him and I was looking to have a child. And so long story short, almost nine months later, we conceived a child together and I had told him, when I met him that I was looking to have a child and he already has a son. And so I ended up having a child with someone who has multiple relationships and a business that he is constantly dedicating most of his time to. And so 
from the day my son was born and even before this is another thing I another topic I'd love to go into is how important it is for women to feel supported in their pregnancy and that can look like different things for different women uh, but I think really tuning into your partner's needs if there are any men who ever listen to this it is so important that we make sure the women carrying birthing these future generations feel seen heard honored loved supported before they give birth during birth after birth the afterbirth is almost like it's just so intense your whole life has changed nothing will ever be the same your freedom is gone of course there is you know the beautiful side to that too which is this new amazing being that you've been entrusted with but that also comes with a lot of responsibility a lot of work and a lot of sleepless nights in my particular situation i did not feel seen heard honored loved and supported i don't feel that i've been given the story to to wallow in victimhood feel that i have been gifted this unique journey to feel the immense pain of generations of women and children who have been raised by women alone we don't have villages anymore and we barely have partners anymore and i know women are strong and i know that we can do it and we've been doing it but we can do better we are better and i don't mean we women it's our responsibility to be better but we as a whole as humanity we are better than this we can provide so much better for ourselves and for our children and i think the first place to start is to acknowledge that this isn't working the systems that we have had in place for parenting for relationships for the support of women mothers and the honoring of the divine deep feminine energy within all of us within all beings the first place we need to start is acknowledging that there is trauma and how can we hear about this trauma how can we hear each other's stories without blaming shaming or judging and how can we find ways to show up better to be more supportive of mothers of women how can we find ways to mother ourselves during the most difficult moments I got to be real and raw. Last night I didn't sleep at all really for maybe 30 minutes here or there. I was kept awake by all of my frantic thoughts and my broken heart. I continue to hold on to a relationship that it it doesn't feel good a lot of the time. And I hold on to it cuz he's the father of my son and 
I really love him deeply. But our values just don't really line up and the things we want are very different <laughs> in terms of how or what it means to show up as a parent. And I have to find the tools to mother myself and <laughs> mother myself right out of this relationship. And that first comes with, hey, Jessica, how do you like to feel seen, heard, honored, loved, and valued? What does it mean to you to feel seen, feel heard, feel honored, feel loved, and feel valued. And I sat with that and I, and I thought, you know what? I don't even know if I know what that really means because I'm not giving it to myself because I can, I already know that I don't feel seen or heard in this relationship with this person. And yet, I keep trying to keep myself in it. And so I am not even, I don't even have a right relationship with myself. I am not mothering myself. I'm not providing myself with the things that I need to feel valued. And so I had some deep reflection about that this morning. And I don't honestly know if I can honestly say that I'm ready to walk away from the relationship and it makes it so much harder when the person is the father of your child and you have a beautiful being that you're going to be raising together no matter what. And so what did I do? I had to pull out all my tools. And so really I want to dive into during our time together over the next however many weeks we share together. What are the tools that you can utilize in the moments when you don't feel seen, you don't feel honored, you don't feel loved, and you don't feel valued? What are the tools that can remind you to start doing those things for you? Because if you don't even know what those things are for you and how to do those things for you, ain't nobody going to else be able to do them. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Nobody else is going to be able to do those things for you because you won't even know what it means to feel those things. And so for me, some daily practices that I want to share with you that we'll be diving further into in future episodes. Get out in nature do some forest bathing, put your feet on the earth every day for five minutes, soak up the sun in the morning within the first two hours that the sun comes out if you can, if you really can, the first hour. Do some sun gazing. And feed your body medicine. Find the things that help you optimize your hormones that support your nervous system, find a meditation practice, find a dance practice, find the things that help you move energy and stay in your body 
and keep you from living in your head. There's nothing wrong with your thoughts. There's nothing wrong with your mind. But find ways to connect with your body because your body knows who you are and your body will help you remember who you are. And with that, I would love to jump into our next episode with Miss Jess Rich. But before I do that, do you struggle with one or more of these? Focus, mental acuity, gut health, panic episodes, road rage, blood sugar stability, irritability, emotional highs and lows, sorrow, grief, public fear, immune support, mom or dad brain, stress. Do you want relief? I have one of the most amazing products that I have come across. I came across it last year and I think it's the future of nutraceuticals. It's a little strip that dissolves in your mouth, looks like a little mini fruit roll up and it dissolves straight into the bloodstream, bypasses the gut. So you're getting way more absorption. It's an instant impact product. It has NAC, thiamine, curcumin. It's going to give you an overall sense of calm, well-being, happy mood, happy gut, happy life, and the benefits are cumulative. I highly, highly recommend this product. It changed my life in so many ways. I like to say it makes life feel more okayer. And now back to the show. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this first episode of Breaking Generational Trauma, Restoring the Mother Within. And today I have with me Jess Rich, who is one of my newest favorite people in my life and actually helped inspire this episode. So thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am so delighted to have you in my life. You are a magnificent human, and I'm just grateful and honored to be here. Thank you. Uh, Well, I lovingly call you my everything coach, as you know, (laughs) because you literally have, (laughs) since I met you a couple months ago, helped me with the many everythings in my life from relationships to decluttering to really learning how to speak about and um, build the framework for how I want to present my podcast and now this new show. And you really helped uh, inspire these topics. And today I really want to dive into what it means or what it feels like to you as a woman, as a mother, to be seen, heard, honored, loved and valued. And so I know that's a big chunk. So maybe we can just start wherever you feel comfortable and share any stories maybe that are poignant that um, show how maybe you didn't feel seen, heard, honored, loved, or valued, because I think it's really important for our stories to be heard so that, first of all, we can feel seen and heard, and then we can learn to break that generational trauma. 
Well, thank you so much because I feel so seen, heard, and loved right now. And that is absolutely magnificent. And I have to say that for the first time in my life, in my 43 years, this has been the journey of my entire life. And it wasn't until really the last year and my separation and soon divorce from my husband of 18 years that I really put myself front and center. I thought I had for many decades. I've been working on my own healing journey for 25 years. And yet as a mother, we have a tendency to just put ourselves in the back seat over and over and over again. And I realized a few years ago that I needed to make myself a priority. And it's been a four-year journey of doing that. But the last year has been the sweet essence of really having achieved the relationships in my life that I desire and the business I desire and the lifestyle that I desire, where I feel like everybody around me just absolutely feeds my soul and we lift each other up. But it takes many years to be able to get there. <laughs> so <laughs> isn't so that grateful. the sad truth? <laughs> Little little disclaimer it's here. Not a pretty, right? Not a pretty journey, but it is so worth it, and it's so sweet on the other side. Oh yes. Well, I I love hearing that because it gives us all hope, and especially for me, I'm just going to be real and raw. I I told you shared a little earlier with you that I I didn't get any sleep last night. I had a really just trauma and emotional stuff come up with the father of my son. And as a result, my mind was just racing and my body couldn't relax. My nervous system was all over the place. And so uh, it gives me hope to <laughs> hear that you have gone through that. And now you are in a space where there is more ease, more flow and more joy in your relationships. Um, because sometimes it can seem like this is all that there is, just more pain, more trauma. And so how do we get to that space where others are seeing us and hearing us? You know what? It is so funny. I actually just wrote last week, I woke up with this divine enlightenment and I woke up without a worry in the world, just tears of gratitude. And I ended up writing 11 steps <laughs> on my <laughs> journey and I haven't published it yet. So it's really ironic. And I have been covered in goosebumps since we started recording. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's so funny that this is taking that turn. And I really desire for every person on this planet to feel what I feel, because I was told that this life that I'm living now was not obtainable for me. Yeah. So a little bit of backstory, I came from very, very complex trauma my entire childhood. I ended up being trafficked into the sex industry, which is where I really learned entrepreneurship. And it, 
I was left with this stigma and yet really understanding that I was worthy of more because being in the industry does really give you some healthy money mindset when you know, you're a teenager and you're making a thousand dollars a day. You're like, oh, wow, money is not near as hard as what the world says it is. But I ended up getting married to a man that was absolutely awesome for many years, but we experienced trauma together. And he just did not choose to take the pathway to recovery. And it was really difficult, the latter part of our relationship, because, well, I was really stuck in cognitive dissonance. And that is a really stupid term, because it doesn't make sense for people. Like, it it doesn't even, basically, it's a giant brain fuck, (laughs) where you think one thing about a person, but they're treating you some way different. And you don't understand, like, how to get, like, how could this person who says they love me and they always show up for me, but that they don't show it? Mm. How does that work? And it was so confusing and I could not figure it out. And that was really the beginning of my journey four years ago. So it, it was kind of funny. We were virtually homeless after a hurricane. Um, we actually had lost everything three times in three years. So first I walked away from my nonprofit and consulting agency, which was actually a really good move, a healthy move for me. And as we were rebuilding, six months later, my youngest son got bit by a bug and he was paralyzed. And I know it just gets crazier and crazier. And then we ended up getting hit by a hurricane. And so I had $3.4 million in medical bills of debt. And then FEMA is out of money. So we like trying to get support after the hurricane, there was just nothing. So we found ourselves living in tents on the Gulf Gulf Coast after this hurricane. And for 18 months, it was like the world was just black and white. Um. And I could not function anymore. Like I was just... Quite frankly, I was drinking moderate amount all day long just to be able to function and get through. And one day, it was actually Christmas Eve 2018, and I had already achieved amazing things in my life. I've spoken on hundreds and hundreds of stages, like been published in media all over the globe. Like I had all these amazing credentials. And yet here I am living in tents with my husband and five kids. And I'm like, I felt like um, Steve Martin from The Jerk walking around going, I'm going to take this and I'm going to take this and I'm going to take this. And it's like complete destruction of my life. And Christmas Eve, our furnace went out. We had an RV that had went through the hurricane. So it was moldy and falling apart. And like, it was so bad. And then the furnace went out and I was like, okay, now we have no Christmas. We're eating beans and rice. My life sucks. Everything sucks. And now we don't even have heat. (laughs) And I went to bed and I said, if I am going to be broke, hungry, and tired, why on earth am I tired? And I just went to bed and I said, I am not getting up. Unless it brings me joy or makes me an adequate amount of money, period, mm. the end. And I'll tell you, I laid in bed for two months 
And like, despite everything that was going wrong around me, you know, I'm laying in bed in a tent and like getting up only to cook food or to play with the kids. And that was it. And really working on myself. And two months later, I ended up manifesting a $33,000 RV being given to us free wow. and clear. And it, but you have to go against all logic. Like when you're going into yourself and saying, okay, I'm going to go on this journey to find the divine within me, the divine feminine, the divine masculine, like really just finding the essence of who we are. Right. A lot of times we have to break what we've been doing and that going to bed and really defining those boundaries for myself changed everything. So that for me was step one. I'm not doing anything unless it brings me joy or makes me money, period. <laughs> wow. I so mean, that, that was the beginning of my change. That alone is so powerful because like you said, it just goes against everything that we've ever been taught is that you have to go out and, and force yourself to do the things and it's everything has got to be like an uphill battle and, and the strongest one wins. And I just... I think we're mo moving out of that paradigm into a space where you actually have to feel what you're feeling, listen to your body. And if you need rest, which most of us do, you better take it. Otherwise, things probably aren't going to flow for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Like our the hustle culture and the do, do, do and the scheduling like it starts like in pre-K. Like it's part of our culture where it's like we have to get up early and we've got to go to school and then we've got to do all these extracurricular activities and do and do and do and do and do. And we're paying for these houses that we don't even utilize. And <laughs> it's so ridiculous to me, the entire system. And I've always kind of been a rage against the machine, you know, rage against the system kind of person anyway, which is why I have unschooled my kids for the last 13 years. I have been managing all of our own healthcare the, for 20 plus years. It, it, the systems in our society are broken. And if we don't learn how to follow our intuition and our body, we will continue to participate in systems that do not serve us, that do not help us and do not honor the, the beauty of who we are. Yes. And that actually brings us into the next word is what is it? Because when I was thinking of what I really wanted to talk about on this podcast or this show, um, I was asking some of my friends and they were saying, what about respect for women? You know, men, men don't respect women. The world doesn't really respect women or respect mothers. And I have felt that deeply as a mother. But for me, the word that really came up is honor, which actually to me is a deep form of respect that I think we have lost on this planet. I, I could not agree more honoring humanity as a whole. And I think I've had some kind of weird advantage because of the trauma that I've experienced that I understood that even though I carry this label of being a trafficking survivor, really how the world views me is a whore. And I didn't <sighs> understand that until I started sharing my story. And so I had to deal with stigma 
at a very different level. And it absolutely falls into this motherhood and all of it all the way through because the world is just going to say things about us and to us. People, the world, social media, they're quick to cast judgment. But if we want to be honorable, we must learn to rise above where those words don't impact us, the things that they say about us. Right. It, it no longer, we're, we're impenetrable to the words and opinions of other people. And to me, that tough skin and tender heart is what makes us honorable. It what It's what makes us respectable because no matter what anyone says to me or about me or behind my back, it has absolutely zero power over me. But it was really for me understanding the stigma around being a woman, around being called a whore, and around selling myself in my youth. Because, and this is really funny, actually. I, um, I'm i not a biblical type person, but there's a lot of historical references there that are really powerful. Like Rahab was a prostitute. You know, she's a very famous prostitute. Right. And she was actually in the lineage of Christ. And yet when she was mentioned, she's an Old Testament woman, when she was mentioned in the New Testament in the lineage of Christ, they still referred to her as Rahab the harlot. And I'm like, this chick is in the lineage of Christ. Like from her bloodline came Christ himself. And yet they're still referring to her as a whore. So if she wow. even transcend that stigma, who the hell do I think I am? I'm going to own this shit and I'm going to be all of me and I'm not going to let those words impact my soul because I know the value of who I am. I know the value that I bring to the table. I know the authority that I carry and I'm proud of who I am. I love and that. And I think that is truly that... that confidence the the power the creativity and the knowing of that magical feminine energy it's so true and it is so important because no matter what people say to you even if they say kind beautiful things to you if you don't already have those fully honored and established within yourself then it doesn't matter what anyone says to you good or bad what is that? I think that's part, right. of, part of the four agreements. Don't take anything personally. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love the four agreements because, and we want to take things personally. Like it's so easy to be butthurt over things like it, and it feels good in the moment. You're like, oh, can you believe they said this to me? And they said that like the world is just full of controversy and stigma. So how do you navigate life in a different way without allowing other people's opinions to penetrate us? And it's truly by having a better opinion of yourself. Right. It's so true. And I think as, at least for me, uh, on my journey of motherhood, you know, I felt, I, I felt very confident and very established on a lot of levels until I became a mother, I, and until I became a mother, I never felt disadvantaged as a woman or 
unequal in a relationship. And it wasn't until I became a mother that I'm like, wait a minute, something is not right here. (laughs) This feels very disadvantaged, (laughs) very unfair. And, but then there's the trap of that you can fall into of all the things that you think are wrong and how they need to be different. And it really just takes you down a hole of feeling unworthy. And so that for me is the the real healing is being able to recognize that I'm not being treated properly, that I would like to be treated better. But in order to do that, I can't keep knocking at the wrong address. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely that. Well, and there is just so many not truths. I'm not going to call them lies. Because I don't know that they're lies. It's just that in regards to motherhood, we have not been told the truth. We have not been told how hard it really is and the amount of sacrifice that's required. And culturally, all of the parenting generally falls on the shoulders of the mother. And it's not always true, but generally it is most of the time we end up doing the majority of the child raising. And yet it it takes a village to raise a child, but yet we don't have villages anymore. Like we hardly have communities. So that means us as mothers and, you know, now I'm a single mother. I carry the brunt of about 95% of the parenting. And it is hard work, and there really is no reprieve in the future, like, because parenting is also a lifelong thing. My oldest is 22 years old, and she doesn't live with me. She's independent as an adult, and she's awesome, and I'm so proud of her. But, um, you know, there's still, like, laundry and a need for like I occasionally take her toilet paper and I cash out her money. And like we have <laughs> things that like it doesn't stop when they're grown. In fact, it just changes the dynamics of the relationship and you have to trust them even more to do what you have taught them to do to the best of their ability. So motherhood doesn't stop like even after 18 years. It goes on for the rest of your life and the relationship with your children changes as they grow through the different phases. It's so true. I mean, that's like the part of, (laughs) I actually reminds me of a video that a friend sent me uh, that a man actually made. And he said, you know, like you said, we're, we're taught, we're not taught the truth about what it means to be a parent. It doesn't end when they turn 18 and it's not all moments of bliss. As a matter of fact, there are oftentimes can for be for a lot of parents, far fewer moments of bliss than all of the other very challenging, intense moments, especially on your nervous system. <laughs> um, but yeah, we don't really, we don't really get those truths. And especially as women, as mothers, I think at least I didn't think that I was going to be doing all of the work, but I, <laughs> I think maybe that's part of the, the lack of communication we have beforehand with the people that we do end up having children with is what, what does it mean to that person to be a parent? And so I think for me, like my, one of my, I don't know, goals or intentions with this podcast is ha- to find 
I don't know if I even like the word solution. I just think that we're constantly evolving better ways to do things, more helpful ways to do things. And so my goal and intention here is to really find how can we as women speak up for ourselves in this dynamic of parenting out in the world and raise the bar, but also not do it with harsh criticism because we all know no one really likes to change when they're being criticized or judged. Absolutely. And you know what? As you were speaking, it reminded me because I was feeling into the bliss because now let me just give you some reference. My kids are 12, 14, 15, 17, and 22. And I live in parenting bliss and have for a number of years now, um, really the last two years have been so incredibly not just blissful, but rewarding, filled with tears of gratitude and joy for my children. But it was built on 22 years of hard work. And there were a couple paradigms that I really had about 15 years ago, and that I changed my parenting style in such a way that my kids are like amazing humans. They're easy to be around. They're full of gratitude. They don't argue over chores. Like they're really like the best roommates in the world because everyone's responsible for themselves. But 15 years ago, I guess it was about then, maybe a little longer, when I was starting to have these awakenings, I was like, how on earth do I get there? Because there's no examples, there's no books. I didn't know what I was doing. And really, I had this breaking point, this moment where I had no clue what I was doing in parenting. Like I had read every book, I had tried everything, it wasn't working. In fact, I think my oldest at one point, um, it was right around the time that she stood on the bed to spit in my ex-husband's face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and right around that time, I was like, okay, I've read hundreds of books. None of them work. Um, I need to do something different. <laughs> and I was just, I approached parenting as I have no clue what I'm doing. I have no clue how to break these generational cycles, but I have to do something different. And I sat on the floor with my kids and said, you know what? I have no clue what I'm doing. I didn't even plan on ever becoming a parent. So I really didn't, not only do I not know what I'm doing, I didn't plan for this. I don't have the slightest idea what's going to happen. And so y'all need to tell me what you need. I'm wow. going to build a relationship with you people as honorable, fully human beings. So in our culture, especially in the U.S., children are not treated as fully human. Like there, there's still some remnants of this seen and not heard, or they don't have rights, they don't have voice, they don't have opinion, they don't have all these things in our culture. And I decided, you know what, that's not right. They're just like little humans. But they know what they need. Like, if I'm trusting my body to know what I need, then why don't we teach them to trust their bodies that they know what they need? 
And so I started this journey of really just building a relationship individually with each one of my kids because they're all uniquely different. And I would just be like, I don't know what you need right now. Like, let's work through it. Let's figure it out together. And that premise radically changed my entire life and my relationship with my kids because I still don't know what they need unless they communicate with me. And so we have amazing relationships where we just sit down and we talk, we go deep, we figure out, you know, problems and solutions. And if I don't know how to treat them, I ask them how they want to be treated. And in return, they treat me the way I ask to be treated. And it's really just extending that honor, respect, and trust to my children and viewing them fully as human, even though they're, well, they were littler than me, but now that they're all bigger than me, um, it, it still exists. And that is truly amazing. But I didn't tell anybody about this plan for many years because I thought I was crazy. <laughs> but now that it's proven, I'm like, okay, now I can speak about it because it actually works. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? What a novel idea because it does sound crazy, I think, to a lot of like traditional people. But for me, it's like, wow, when you say it out loud, it's like, wow, it makes so much sense that you would actually want to treat your children the exact way that you would want to be treated, seen, heard, honored, loved, valued. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really funny. Like last week I was, um, I, I started taking my kids to therapy because of the divorce and it was a really good move for us. But I was in like the first meeting with one of my children and I, I said, well, we, you know, I'm trying to explain our household to this therapist. And I'm like, well, we just live with respect in our house. Like I don't go through their bedroom. I don't go through their phones. I don't ever take technology away from them. And in exchange, they don't go through my bedroom. They don't go through my phones. We respect each other's spaces. And the therapist looked at me like my head was on side. Oh my God. <laughs> He's like, how's that working? I'm like, um, great, <laughs> great. I have a whole household of teenagers and it works great. <laughs> he was just like, wow, that's crazy. I'm like, I know, but it works. And that to me is hysterical and fun and just proof that when you really trust someone, when you really extend that trust, honor, dignity, respect, and then you ask for it in return with boundaries, it it's magical and it works. It works so well, so much better than I could have ever imagined because I wouldn't have expected to have the relationship I do with my kids now, but it's really just based on years of communication and building that relationship with them. Wow, that is so powerful. Well, maybe one day soon you will write a parenting book for us all because I didn't mention, but you are an author. And so I know you have to, to jump off onto another call. But before you leave, I do want you to share what is your number one tool that you use to bring you back to center in those moments when you feel like you've been derailed or you're frazzled or your nervous system is just 
feeling unsupported, what is it that you do to bring you back to that place of groundedness? Are you ready for this? Yes. I call it the vanilla ice method. Oh my gosh. Stop, of course. Collaborate so. and listen. <laughs> <laughs> Because it also makes me laugh and laughter truly is the best medicine, but the, the lyrics of that song are really powerful. Like stop, collaborate with yourself and listen to yourself. Mm. And so it always makes me giggle at first because I'm like, Ooh, vanilla ice, stop, collaborate and listen. And then I'm like, <laughs> Oh yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. And first and foremost to yourself, otherwise you ain't going to be able to hear or collaborate with anyone else. Right. Exactly. Well, then you have to collaborate with yourself because we've got body, mind, spirit, soul, like all of these things. And so really it's the collaboration within all the pieces of you. <laughs> Because sometimes it like we just run through life, not paying attention to um, our body, our mind, our gut, our intuition, all these different elements. So pulling them all together is that collaboration for me. I love and it. it. Anytime I can giggle to start off from those heavy emotions, like how do I get back to those more green light? The How do I go from the red light emotions to the green light? It's through that, um, the giggling and then really coming back into center. Well, you do have an amazing giggle. I do have to say, and if people want to hear more of your giggles, I'm sure they can find you on TikTok. So where else can we find you? <laughs> I am on all the fun platforms, which means I'm not really on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> No offense to the LinkedIn. <laughs> right. I love LinkedIn, but I am like not there very much. Um, but I am, you can find me. I'm the organized, organized alchemist. My website is also jessrich.com, J-E-S-R-I-C-H. Don't put two S's in my name because you'll end up on an Asian porn site. And it's not pretty. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but I do have a book, Surviving Trafficking and the Anti-Trafficking Movement. And I run a community called The Soul Crew, where we focus on well-being, writing, publishing, building businesses. And it's really just a fun, deep, transformational community. And that has been the journey of the last year, was really building a business that light my soul on fire. And the Soul Crew is my community of my most favorite people in the whole wide world. And it's awesome. So thank you for being a part of it. Oh, yes, <laughs> I am a part of the Soul Crew. I highly, highly recommend. Please connect with Jess wherever you can. And thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to collaborate so much more in the future because this conversation could probably go on for hours. So I'm sure there will be many more in the future. <laughs> yes. Oh, I adore you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have an amazing day. Love ya. <laughs> Love Bye. you too. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us and sharing this space. Until next time, please share your thoughts with us. How do you feel seen, heard, honored, loved, and valued? For more inspired content, real raw mama moments, holistic products, technologies, and tools, visit EmbraceWhoYouAre.com. 
Connect with us at Real Raw Mama on Instagram and TikTok, and listen to the Real Raw Mama podcast on all your favorite platforms. Plus, I want you to remember, you're the chosen one. We all are.